there was not a single ounce of me that thought on the, in the morning of day three that I could do it. And the only thing that mattered, it was like thinking was like just a waste of energy, whether it was positive or negative or anything. It was just, it wasn't. And I was so negative yet the action, like my sister said, get in the car, did that action. It was like, start walking, move on foot. It's like just all that actually mattered was action. Hey, hey, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Tan, and it is so good to have you with me today. This show is all about human performance. Whether you're training to run a PB or if you're like me and want to carry all 27 of your grocery bags from the car to the house in one go, then this show is for you. <laughs> we chat with experts, athletes, coaches and authors on all the best tips, tools and strategies to help you perform at your best. We explore the body's incredible ability to heal, adapt and evolve so you can crush limitations, reconnect your body and mind and discover your extraordinary potential. And today on the show, I welcome back David Jackson, better known as Jacko, where we chat about his experience running the ultramarathon The Ring of Fire in North Wales. Back in 2013, Jacko sustained a brain injury, suffered a seizure on a rugby training pitch, which resulted in a bleed on the brain, forcing him to retire from professional rugby. Jacko couldn't run for nearly a year without triggering his symptoms, but came across, across breathing techniques, adopted this a part of his regime, training and lifestyle, and in 2021 ran his first ever marathon. Now, in case you're not aware, the Ring O Fire is a coastal ultra marathon which takes runners on an extraordinary 135 mile journey, which is 216 kilometers, around the Isle of Anglesey, North Wales. This epic race is staged over three consecutive days and follows the rugged and spectacular Anglesey coastal path. And Jacko will be focusing purely on the efficiency of nasal breathing as per his oxygen advantage training and teachings. We chat about the difficulty of the Ring of Fire and how he felt he disrespected not only the course and the challenge, but also his fellow participants. We dive into what it means to quit, what happens when we reach our limit, and what was the most important outcome of this entire experience. Jacko's vulnerability is such a strength. His ability to explore his emotions and share his thoughts openly is something I respect and admire. And I know this episode will resonate with you. So let's dive in with Jacko. Jacko, welcome back to the Bodies Built Better podcast. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back. Um, it's, uh, it, was, it was a pleasure speaking to you last time. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing... Uh, what gets teased out of this one? Well, I had such amazing feedback on the last episode, by the way, oh, cool. all about breathing and, and nasal breathing and why that's so important. And, and of course, during that episode, you touched on the ring of fire and ultra marathon. Yeah. 
which you recently completed. And I was thinking about where I could start this interview. Like, what do mm-hmm. I ask first? And there's so many questions I have. But I and there's thought many to answers give... I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's okay. We'll see if we can tease something out of you. But I thought to give everyone an idea of maybe the pain or what you were going through at the time, you could take us back to 4.30 a.m. of day three, sat on a toilet <laughs> crying, saying I couldn't do it. Okay. So, yeah, I... Uh... I, I guess in a weird way, the story starts there. Well, it doesn't start there, but it's, um, I, I wrote a blog and shared a, a post on Instagram, which clearly um, that you've read that um, summed up the, summed up the, the challenge and some of the emotions and the things that were going through and the, the crux of it, obviously like, the, the event started on day one and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, 4.30 a.m. on day three, we'd um, we'd already done, by that point, over 100 miles and we had 33 left to go. Um, and, well, just a little bit before, it was like the alarm went off at 4.30. I think I'd fell asleep for maybe 10 or 20 minutes twice. Um, and lying in bed, I felt, I felt like physically sort of sick. And I was, um, before even like going, how stiff am I? Can I get out of bed? It was like, I really don't feel well. And just immediately, like, I I can't, I can't go through this again. Like, yeah, day two took a, Day two took a, a lot of hours of uh, 67 miles, 112 kilometers or, or something far beyond anything I'd ever done before. And that was off the back of day one was far harder than I was anticipating it going to be. I'll, I'll talk about some of the potential mistakes that I'd made along along the way. And this is more like mistakes in training and building up to these types of things. But um, I managed to get out of managed to get out of bed because I needed, I needed the toilet, I needed, I needed a poo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And um, we were staying in our camper van on my sister's drive and um, uh, went into, went into her house to go to the toilet, sort of, you know, gingerly, gingerly moving, didn't have enough energy to even just close the door. So I'm, I'm sat there with my, my pants around my, my ankles and I, and I actually then just, I couldn't, I couldn't poo. It was almost like I didn't have the energy to do it. And I was just in a bit of a mess. Um, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, I was even a little bit like I had head, my, my headaches were like, um, sort of, that was the type of symptoms I had from my old head injury, like nine years ago. And I, yeah, I just didn't, it was just, it was just uncomprehensible that I could like, that I could go off and, and do this. I'd kicked a, a big rock on day one and my toe was like really hurting and blah, blah, all sorts of stuff. And, but just, I just genuinely was like, I can't do it. Um, and I felt extremely embarrassed. I'd done the, the stupid thing of, um, I was trying to document it. We were trying to make a little sort of short film documentary about it. It was like the, the nasal breathing. Like I'm not, a mar- I'm not an ultra 
runner, like an old rugby player. There was the, you know, the head injury had recovered from back in 2013. And there was, you know, they felt like there was a bit of a, going to be a nice sort of message come out of this. And I was like, um, Vivo Barefoot, who who provide the, um, the shoes that, that I love to run in and um, well, everything in walk and don't, use any other any other shoes in there and and the oxygen advantage who i you know do the certification well my master instructor but both of those two companies had um sort of supported the um supported that by paying for the the two guys to be there to, to film it and i was like he's such an idiot why did you think you could do this like one you just you, you're not you're not an ultra runner like this you have bitten off far more than you can chew and not only that like what are you going to say to those people at those companies that have like what's the story like oh we had a go and we did it was really hard and we got like to debt we did do did you know what I mean I was like uh, I was I was embarrassed because I disrespected the challenge um <laughs> it gets better but then it also gets worse so I'm like I'm in that type of headspace um and uh, my sister, uh, my little sister, whose houses were staying at, came downstairs. She said she only woke up because a little boy um, woke up, uh, little Bobby woke up, and um, and but it was perfect because it meant that she then heard me downstairs. She came, she came down. She was like, oh, I was just, you know, afterwards she was like, oh, I was just coming down to like wish you good luck for day three, and um, I, uh, I'm like just sat there crying. And and she's like, oh, I don't know. And I look up, you know. I'm, at this point, I've not bothered that I'm. I'm literally the only thing I'm wearing is pants, and they're around my ankles. And it's <laughs> my sister, sure? and I've like not closed the door. But I'm not bothered at all. Okay. On day two, I'd already know. I'd already know poo on the side of the street on day two. Like you've just lost all. Of course. <laughs> anyway, and when you um, have, you don't have any energy to even care. Yeah, it was. It's almost like the things you like. It just it, it just didn't matter on the scale yeah, of things that were mattering exactly. at that point in time. It just didn't it just didn't matter. Um, and and so I'm crying and I, and I look up and I was like, Susie, I can't do it. Like I I can't go. And I was actually I was expecting her to be like, I know. Like so she'd you know she'd done um, my sister had, um, was part of a GB rafting um, team that won uh, world championships a few years ago. She'd done Snowden, Ironman. Where you so she's Snowden Ironman is like a you you run up Snowden for the for the run at the end and you cycle around Snowden like it's horrendous uh, it's a it's a horrendous Ironman so she, and I'd I'd seen her in like the pain cave like you know and I was expecting her to to go I know like you did amazing yesterday yesterday was seventeen hours forty five minutes when you had eighteen hours to do it and and I, and I was expecting her to be like you know look you've yeah I know you you, you've, done, you've done enough and this is good and this is good enough um but she just went just try and get in the car that's the first step and it's <laughs> I said to her I was like I want to get that tattooed on me somewhere I haven't got any tattoos and don't really plan to have it but I was like I almost want it because it was so good in that it like she didn't challenge me she didn't like she didn't do she didn't it was just literally broke it down to a, an even simpler step than I'd been trying to break this thing down into like, okay, how many, 
have fives each day and where are the checkpoints? And then, you know, I'd even worked out that it was, um, it was roughly going to be about uh, 248,000 steps, like to do that, to do the distance. And so I was like, you know, one step at a time, da-da. but that didn't actually get you from like the house or the van where you're staying to the start line. Um, so she just took, yeah, she just took it another, just took it another level. I don't know if she knew what she, I don't know. If she, well, she just, no, she wasn't planning to say it because she didn't, I didn't think she knew I was going to be in that sort of state. But um, I sort of like looked up and with my, like, with my bottom lip <laughs> yeah. out, I'm crying still. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try and get in the car. Cause I felt, I felt like that's, that's reasonable. Like I could get in the car and I was like, but I'm not going to be able to do it. Like I can't, I can barely walk. Um, as I say, where I couldn't put where my where I kicked a big rock on day one, my toe still bruised now, like my toenail still purple, and um, I couldn't get my left. Or I, if I put my, I couldn't comfortably have my left shoe on. It just like it hurt too much. But anyway, I, we we get we get in the car. I'm just like a mess. My um, my sister in law had picked us up. Catherine, my wife. Um, like god my stuff she was like reflecting on that she was like you just got in the car and like you didn't have like your race number you didn't have your bag <laughs> drink nothing she was like she just got together everything. you're wearing clothes right by that time <laughs> yeah yeah I had to put clothes. something that on was a, that, was, <laughs> that was about it um but yeah um got to got to the uh the start of day three where the race briefing was and then this was where it sort of then actually got worse in that I'm in the car. I've only got, I didn't, I only had one shoe on because it was struggling with it. But once we got there, it was like, oh, I've got to put me the shoe on, which was pain. And then like gingerly sort of get out of the car and like walk to the, um, walk in. And I'm sort of half hoping that, or that maybe I wasn't, wasn't really hoping, I think, but it was just like aware that like, okay, how is everybody else? type of thing and i think at this point 106 people started and i think 56 made it to the start of day three and 53 finished and they said they said you know statistically over the years if you make it to the start of day three then um, it's highly likely that you'll finish this event and i'm there going like i can't like walk um anyway so i sit down in a chair and there's only one other person sat down. And this is like a bloke in the corner who's about 65. Um, and everyone else is walking around. They're like chatting to each other. And like seemingly, like obviously there's people, everyone's a bit stiff and whatnot, but like people looked okay. And I was like, it just made me feel worse. I was like, again, it was like just embarrassed. I was, I was embarrassed because the, I felt like I disrespected the challenge, but in doing that in the event, like, I disres- it was like, I didn't really want to look at anyone. I couldn't look at anyone there because it was like I'd disrespected them in a way because it was like I shouldn't be here. Was And I was back to that sort of like very negative self-talk of like, you're such an idiot. Why have you done that? this? Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And um, and, and, and I still and I still am um, just because I actually find – somehow we got to we did actually do it and get to the end within the time restraints and everything it doesn't that doesn't mean that i didn't disrespect it um and didn't come i thought i was prepared but i was i was not prepared um 
I, I, my mind started changing in the, um, I was like, okay, but at least I'm here. So I'll start, I'll walk and I'll get timed out at the first checkpoint, which was like, you had like two hours or something to get to do the first 15 K or something. Um, and I was like, I'll just walk. So my brain started thinking like, like best case, it was that sort of best, best case scenario or worst case scenario. But it was like, okay, best case scenario now is like, I'll walk and get timed out. And then we won't take part in it, but I'll just, we'll just walk with, with my family that's there, been supporting the whole time through. We're like, we'll just all walk around together, but just not part of the event. So at least I can sort of finish the, the total distance. Um, and so we walk, we, we, we go, um, we go, the event starts and this, the only thing I remember from the race briefing was they were like, um, the weather's pretty bad for the first couple of hours. Like there's 20 mile an hour winds and a bit of a storm. Uh, but after that, it gets really, you know, it's, it's, the weather's good. And, and they were, they were right. The weather after that was good, but the, the, uh, the storm was, the storm was pretty bad. You can imagine what it's like on the coast. You're running around the, you're running around the coastal path and like winds like smashing into your face and the, the rain's hammering down. But, um, yeah, we, would, we start. Would, been, would that have been okay. like a, um, a nice distraction almost? Or was that just like um, more pain? Yeah, no, it was, um, so effectively like we, we started and I'll come back to the we in a, in a second, but like we started and everyone gingerly sort of ran off or people that were good, like, you know, more so ran off and, and, uh, and I was just walking, um, at the back at this point, I didn't even really realize that Catherine, my wife, Mrs. Jacko was, um, was with me, but the we was like us. Oh, she, um, I was just like, you know, just walking. Then uh, it took, it took a, it took maybe like, did it take 20 minutes to do the first kilometer or something? It was like horrifically slow, like just like, I mean, not like walk, anyone walking, you can walk like twice as fast as that normally. Um, and the rain and stuff just, and the wind is like beating into it. It was almost like, this is just so horrendous. Why don't we try running? Because at least that would get it over with quicker. Not thinking that I'd make the first checkpoint, but just like, rather than walking in this horrendous rain, like who cares how much it may hurt more or not. So I just like tried to, um, tried to move a bit faster. And then I just remember shouting to us. So we're sort of a bit, back in the world and could see Catherine ahead of me. Um, I remember shouting to her, I was like, I'm running. <laughs> and she was like, I know. And I was like, I don't know how it's happening. And then, so we started running and running at that point, uh, the physiology of it is weird. Cause it's like, doesn't, doesn't make sense. Like running at that point then didn't probably hurt, hurt less than walking did. Um, and so we're running and then, like, you know, eventually, I don't know, after a couple of K, like, we should actually catch some people up. And I remember shouting to her. There was like, there's some people, I was like, and they, were, and they were walking. So obviously they'd like, was, was, was then struggling. And um, I shouted to her, 
let's catch those fucking walkers. <laughs> Not because I didn't lie, but just that I was like, I don't know, I'd got like starting mm. to was to get energized in this thing. And then as we were running, like it, we started actually picking up a good, like a really good pace. And then it was like, we might actually make this first checkpoint. And it still was like not worrying about and it was like there was a bit of it then starts to remind me of like or thinking reflecting back on it now it's like day two is this thing of like just clinging on to like every checkpoint and like just making it just making it just which was i found it very stressful to be like just on the edge all the time but um once i'd made it was like once i'd made one it was like well why can't i just make the next one so the, the 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 belief started to to change, change there. And I remember like coming, it was like we were coming up to, I think we we even came into the first checkpoint maybe like ten or fifteen minutes early, enough time to stop. And they had bacon, they had bacon egg sandwiches. It was like the best bacon egg sandwich I'd ever had. Um, there, that must have been like eight o'clock in the morning or something. And um, I remember coming, like you'd see the checkpoint. It was like, well, there's a certain period where you're like, okay, it's only you know a kilometer left to this checkpoint. And I know I've got enough time. To, it's like there's that point where you're like, I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to make it. It happens before that that sense of achievement or that feeling happens before you're actually there. And it was, I remember coming up and I was like, I was like, I felt like Lazarus, like <laughs> rising from the dead. And I was literally like, I came in, I was like, nobody thought they were going to see me at this checkpoint. And I know that because I didn't think I was going to be there. You know, it was just like, and yeah it, it then just um yeah it went it, it went from there um the coming back to the wee bit like um Catherine so, so my wife she'd she'd planned to run a few little bits with me so on like day one she ran the last section which was like in the dark it was like it was nice to like not be running on your own in the dark um and and the furthest she'd run before this was like in one day was like 15, 15 miles. Um, we did an event in, um, in Exmoor, uh, down South, um, in, in June, but she'd not been, she'd not been training for this or, or anything. She'd done a couple of the recce runs with me, but like talking about doing like the odd five to 10 or 15 K type of thing. Um, and, uh, I wasn't aware of how much she'd done until like we'd finished and I've sort of worked it out. But on day two, um, the, the checkpoints, as I say, I sort of made the first checkpoint in an all right time, maybe like 15 minutes early or 20 minutes early, but then was hoping to like build up a bit of a buffer, if you know what I mean. And then, but what was happening was I was like, losing five minutes so then it was like down to 10 and then like coming in at the same and that just just being being too close that it just felt quite stressful if you've only got 10 minutes to spare one little mistake or you need to go and have a poo or join you know I mean? something or navigation mistake or something happens and then and then and then you're out and it was like that was quite that was quite stressful so like there was uh she joined me on day two after i'd ran maybe like um 20 miles or something um maybe maybe slightly less because she could not because she was planning to she, she could see i was see i was struggling and so she just joined me 
and then um yeah literally ran um probably then say like 50 miles on day 50 two yeah she she would have ran 50 she ran she ran of well, four, four between 40 and 50 on day two she ran the whole of day three which was like 33 because she said in the morning of day three she was like well i'm not going to be able to, i'm not going to be able to run with you like this morning first thing like because i can't move but as soon as she saw me it made her feel so much better <laughs> she's like oh um, okay maybe yeah I can. she 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 was she with no training no preparation no sort of like mental thing of like i can't prepare for this thing i know it's gonna happen it was like she ended up doing about 80 miles of the 135 um, that's so incredible all to yeah, get was, you through it yeah and literally like <laughs> she was always about 50 to 100 meters ahead of me like going come on come on come on <laughs> and you know we're with loads of food and just uh, yeah it was it was in it was an incredible um yeah it was an incredible experience from that to be yeah and just just to be supported in that way and there was you know and you know my, my mother was there but my, my, both my sisters my brother-in-law my sister-in-law my, uh, my mother-in-law like that so there was there was a there was a whole family effort of of support going uh going into that but um yeah, I would not have. I would not have done it without her, and I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done it without everyone's support, which was, which is one of the nicest things I found. Um, reflecting back on it, of like being that vulnerable and being that broken that you just actually needed that. Like, when was when was the last time we were in that total vulnerability or needs of for people to literally support us? It's like when you're an infant when you're a baby it was almost literally like that could it was um and when you when you go through when you go into those types of places and i wasn't necessarily expecting it to be quite like this but the um the connection between us all that like you know we'd we'd done it um and we didn't think we were going to do it and yeah the yeah, the, the 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 deep deep sort of connection was yeah. um yeah was very special to experience that was your sister there at the finish line yeah so um i got two so i got a younger sister and older sister um and my, my younger sister is lives on anglesey and wales so she was whose house we were staying at she actually to, to finish it on the last part of day three you have to go over hollyhead mountain which is like it's not a crazy high it's like 500 meters but after you've been running for three days it's good like it's not, but it's um it was quite it was quite tricky in terms of like the routes through it it's not like just one simple path and like there was these different some of the check there was like some uh points they had to reach as like a um an honesty book there they had to tear a page out of to prove that you'd got to that point before going to the next bit so, so um she'd come from she came up from the finish line to like meet us and actually was like it's, you know it's down that like it was it was that last bit of navigation was really difficult so it was massively helpful to have her then then she she came with us down the the, the final stretch and then yeah then uh, my mum my mother-in-law my uh my, my my older sister her husband were um were all at the the finish line <laughs> i think i said I, I, 
it felt when my mum when my mum hugged me at the end, it was almost like I died and come back to life type of hug because it was she'd, she'd seen how how bad it was and um yeah it was um is it a, a, a really 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 um good event in that they um you know they encourage and allow people to support you i know that there'd be some events where it would be like you know self-navigated and you're not like you have to take all your own food and you can't um which um which I think made it, made it in terms of the event, made it even more um, special. I'm sure you'd go through a lot of the emotions and things you'd go through if you were just completely left on your own and had no support would be, would be diff different and, and extremely, uh, extremely difficult. Um, you said, you've said, you mentioned it a few times that you disrespected the course. Yeah. Tell us about your preparation. Why, why do you use that term? Because you still prepped for it. What, what was it yeah. about, about it that um, you say that? I, I wasn't the furthest I'd run in one day was 30 miles and day one was 35 miles. So it's like 57 kilometers, something like that. Um, so, so day one, and I'd, and I'd, we'd done a couple of reckeys on day one. So I knew roughly about half of day one. Um, I knew it was quite like the, uh, the terrain was um, quite difficult on day one and quite hilly. Um, over the three days, there was 4,000 meters um, of elevation and, and quite a bit of that on, quite a bit of that on day one and day three, day two was probably a little bit or parts of day two were a lot flatter, but um, I'd done. Yeah. So day one was a, was a PB for me to be able to, um, to be able to do 35 miles is a PB. And then for day two to then be, 67 miles 112k well that's then a huge another massive pb and then the final day 33 miles 55k whatever it is that was an would have been a pb but like then the fact to do all three it was like it was all brand new and now i'm not saying that your preparation should be like to do the whole thing um one lady for example lou she'd uh, did run with around with her for, for quite a bit She'd over the course of however long, the last year or whatever, she'd recceed every single bit of the of the course uh, in her preparation. Like, you know, that that's a that's a different level of of, of, of preparation. And I felt that um, I needed a um, day one needed to not be a PB. I needed to have done like a maybe like a 50 miler or a 60 miler or something like that to just for the body to know what that feels like and what that experience is like. Cause I having now it's like a month later and having after about two, we can talk about recovery, but it's like feeling recovered now. And after about two weeks went on a run again, like running felt great. It was almost like three, the, the event itself was like just a massive three day training session where like my body is used to the at the time it's like the, the constant impact on the ground but it's like 
it's 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 adapted or adapting to that um so yeah i definitely felt that if i'd done a little bit um yeah needed i needed something a bit more than i'd i'd done um and then just like things that feel like obvious now you know uh, i wasn't prepared for the sleep for for the literally the no sleep um because in in my head you look at the the timings you had on day one you were finishing at 10 o'clock and then starting again at six which doesn't sound that bad but you finish at 10 or i finished at i think half nine um i was i was that was i've come in the earliest i managed to on day one and it was like then a case of like okay like you know get some stuff together blah blah, blah get in the car and let you drive back and it was like get some food have an ice bath it was like you know half 11 ish maybe 12 when you're actually getting down to sleep and then even though we were starting at six the race briefing was at half five the alarm set for half four because there was like a 25 minute drive to get there um then your window of like lying in bed is then sort of squeezed down to like four four and a half hours or something but then the problem was you've like just been running all day and the body is stressed you can't sleep you can't switch off so i think that first night i slept for 10 minutes three times or something like that um and uh yeah so that was um wasn't wasn't prepared wasn't prepared for that and i don't necessarily know whether you can be prepared for that but as an example like if i'd have done if i'd have done like an event that allowed you to experience just a little bit of that would that have been more beneficial um i don't know one of the things that i definitely one of the things that i learned that i feel like is is potentially or as i as i look at this like i'm all along sort of have said like like me running isn't like I'm an ex rugby player. I'm I'm not a I'm not a runner. I I enjoy running and use running as a as a modality to to train my breath and become better at, at breathing. Um, and you know I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to get better at running and and doing these things, but more what can I learn from it? And I think a really interesting part that um i'm still trying to sort of work what this necessarily means out in to me in like in the real world but i totally believe in positive thinking right but there was not a single ounce of me that thought on the in the morning of day three that i could do it and the only thing that mattered it was like thinking was like just a waste of energy, whether it was positive or negative or anything. It was just, it wasn't. And I was so negative yet the action, like my sister said, get in the car, I did that action. It was like, start walking, move on foot. It was like, just all that actually mattered was action. So I've sort of thinking like thinking of like where in my life am I, you know, and we all, do it it varies and it's when am i like overthinking things when am i thinking like too much about stuff and actually what's the action i just need to do and um yeah like 
100% believe in like positive uh, thinking, positive attitude and stuff. But I did learn in, in, in certain scenarios, there's a case where it doesn't actually matter. Like, well, it, for me there in that scenario, it did not matter because I wasn't thinking positively. Mm-hmm. I was thinking very negatively. And, and when I, the, uh, at the point where I was like really just not thinking or not feeling anything was was when I was then able to actually start to to push forward with the support of my yeah. life. I find that so interesting because there was something else that you posted and I'll read it out because I'd like to dive into this if we could. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you've said, I was previously challenged that quitting wasn't actually a negative yeah. thing. It can be the best thing at times, the right decision. Yet now, when I was certain that not only quitting would have been the right thing at the Ringo fire, I felt that I had no choice. I had quit in my head, but somehow that wasn't right. Those surface feelings I'm starting to think I need to ignore and search for the deeper ones. Mm. When you're in that position and in that feeling and in that moment, and you're so sure that quitting is the right thing, how on earth do you then go search for the deeper ones? Like, yeah, well, as I say, this is like, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not at all. I hope people are listening. I'm not at all portraying that. I'm like, I've, I, I got all the answers and that what's good for me is good for you or whatever. And I'm, I'm actually trying to work out what is, what What, is good for me, but yeah. And what is the lesson? And for some people it will be interesting for them to explore these types of things as well. Um, but yeah, no, that that is it's it isn't it's it's a very interesting one to me that like I used to think quitting was a negative thing. And when I had my head injury back in 2013, I didn't quit, even though I knew I should have done. I waited until the medical professional said I had to retire. And uh, that made me think of quitting very differently. Um, and, you know, was questioning other things in my life when am I like hanging on and trying to keep something going or do something that actually it's just not the right thing so you should do you should you know you can quit that can be a good can be a good decision there'd been an awful lot less pain in my retirement and that period trying to recover from my brain injury if I was focused on just recovering and not trying to get back to playing rugby um, for a few months Um, but I wasn't strong enough to make that decision go like I'm not I'm not ready. So I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm, 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 I know I'm not right. Like I'm going to make this decision. You know, I, I waited for that medical advice. Um, but then I say, I've, uh, on, the, on, on that, on day three, I was like, I was, I was expecting everyone. Interesting. It was, it was like in that, in that morning, there was my, my little sister and then um, my sister-in-law was picking us up, Sarah, and then my wife, um, Catherine, and not one, three of them. It was just like, Sarah's just like, oh, what, what, what do you need me to do? And like, we taped my toes up to stop them. I popped a few blisters and then like, help me get in the car. And Catherine got us to like, no one said like, well, I don't think this is a good idea. You know? And I was like, almost if someone, if, if any of them had had said, I'm sure I would have mm. just, I was like, yeah, well, no, I don't think it's a good idea either. Like, let's just <laughs> yeah. stop this. Um, so I was like, yeah, say so I'd, 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 I'd fully, I'd, I'd, when I'd, I'd fully quit in my head in that I was trying to, as I mentioned before, I was like going, okay, 
what am I going to say to everybody? And, you know, to the people that pay to have this thing documented, etc. Like, what's the what's the narrative of this thing going to be? Like, and I was, I say that's where I was, you know, embarrassed and you know, blah blah blah. Um, but I'd, 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 I was coming up with those scenarios of what that was going to be because I'd, I had given up, I had quit. Um, so to then like not actually quit, like go to a, a new place and then like I, I sprinted, and I hope I'm, I'm going to be interested to see the footage because I hope it was as fast as in my head as I think it was. <laughs> exactly. like I sprinted the last two, 300 meters off that mountain to, to the finish line. Um, and physiologically it makes no sense that I could, that I could do that. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's made me then question that whole like quitting thing of like going, ah, and cause then it's, then it's become, then it's difficult as if like going like, okay, so you feel like your body's saying you need to quit your mind saying you need to quit, but then you've had this, this override experience where if you just don't think and don't feel and ignore those things and just take some action, you can go through to somewhere else. Um, now, uh, my old SNC coach who lives in the south of France now, we, he, we went to see him as part of the recovery process. And he um, he said to me afterwards, he was like, you know, he, he was like, I, I genuinely didn't think you were going to do it because it was just crazy. Um, but one thing he said was, was like, make sure, like he texted me like straight up, he's like, your body is going to pay you back for this. So like, make make time and space for for rest because you can't you can't take advantage of whatever that override is and then just think you're going to be fine the next day like it it took me three days before i could actually sleep so you think on sunday night absolutely exhausted you're just going to pass out i couldn't sleep my brain my nervous system was like still on alert of like we're going to go running tomorrow aren't we because that's what you make us do now and i was lying in bed like going, please, I promise I'm not going to run tomorrow. We're not going running. Just, just relax. Let us go to sleep. And my nervous system was like, now I'm just going to stay awake because I don't know when we're going running at half four, aren't we? Like, and that took three days for that to, um, before I felt like I'd had a, a natural decent, um, night's sleep. Um, so yeah, the, it doesn't come, it doesn't come at a cost. Um, so that's, there's a bit of, just to, for people to be aware, I'm not, I, my message around this for myself or anybody like listening or interested in these things is like, it's not a, yeah, just hammer yourself and just like push through everything because that's going to be the right answer. Like, no. Um, but in certain cases, there's, there's something else, there's something else going on physiologically and emotionally and we're far more capable of anything that we could possibly do i learned that through but through the support of loved ones around you um which i think is a is a is a stronger message but also a, and it's a truth but also a I, th I think it's a i think it's a nicer message it's it's not about doing it on your own and just pushing through um you know, and, and not just who could support you, but like who could you support through things? It doesn't have to be physical exertions or events like this, but like this is that's what the that's what we as 
as humanity and as the world need more of right like that's that's what that's how we get through things and i think that's i experienced that on a yeah on a on a deep level we're trying to work out when when is quitting good and when is quitting bad and like when can you when do you try and like see what that override looks like Mm. um that's it it's understanding that limit and how and how much but then finding a new change yeah finding a new limit and then you're like okay so that's not my limit anymore like what's what's going on um and because just things like you know you're running along and you you your knee hurts but then like Mm. you know 10 hours later and another 50 miles like it isn't it's something else or whatever do you mean like so then you're like well it can't be injured because how is it not hurting anymore? Like what, what, and then what was it like these types of things? Um, I ain't got those answers to those, but I find it very, very interesting. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious that you could, um, you know, if you have injured something, you just constantly try and push through it. It's not going to get better. Like, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious that it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing sort of reflection and and exploring and i think that maybe if if i have got a message for people it's to like um just consider what some of those things are or maybe for you um and where can we where can we connect deeper with ourselves or challenge ourselves or support others or or seek support um not feeling like we have to try and do everything on our own but at the same time, knowing that you you can you are physically, mentally more capable than than you currently think, and I I showed myself even when I didn't think it, <laughs> like I didn't, if not through like positive thinking, it was like actually through through action because um, yeah. it can be really difficult to think positively sometimes. Of course, um, and when you don't feel positive and you're thinking positive, it can then put you in a in a downward spiral. Um, I guess one of the things I'm trying to learn for myself have is when I'm feeling like that, it that it doesn't doesn't have to be the way and doesn't have to be the thing. I don't have to start thinking positively before things are going to get better. I just need to find the smallest, simple. What's the getting in the car <laughs> Mo- at that moment? Yeah, what's the simple mm. step of action that's actually going to change the direction of of how I'm feeling or how I'm experiencing? Exactly. Yeah. I'd love to chat about how you went with the nasal breathing. Like yeah. How much of an impact did that have on your overall running on your recovery? I know you said yeah. it took a little while to uh, get your sleeping back to normal, but yeah. how did you feel with that nasal breathing and, and the benefits of that? Yeah. I mean, gosh, uh, the, <laughs> the only true way to, um, uh, to compare it would be to like do it again next year mouth breathing which i would definitely not want <laughs> to do so um you know some of the things that the nasal breathing has been very good for is like keeping you in uh, less stress from a nervous system point of view and the heart rate lower so like you can see on my my garmin like my strava data which anyone sees like on strava um my garmin actually ran out after like 11 hours on the on the first day oh sorry on the second day so like i haven't got the second half of the second day but like my heart rate was like you know around 120 like averaging like 120 125 or or something like or something like that so staying 
in a good space and it's definitely the the nasal breathing that helps with that it keeps you in control of um your breath and i and i just kept it i kept it like that as a it was my way of staying trying to stay calm when i was emotionally getting stressed about the checkpoints getting timed out and all those things as well um i think that it would have um the system my i know i i know this from like having done it like my heart rate would be 20 30 beats per minute higher if i'm mouth breathing um so the system's a bit more stressed the system's working harder more upregulated um there was enough sympathetic dominance going on from just the the, the how hard the thing was yeah it would have been it would have been i'm sure a hell of a lot harder and um i think my recovery would have been dramatically more challenging and 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 how close i was to not being able to do it um i don't think i'd have been able to do it if i wasn't if i wasn't nasal breathing and, you know for the for the pace and things that were going at for a long duration ultra like that like the nasal breathing is fine some of the hills like it's a little bit more challenging but i've spent the last couple of years like you know honing the efficiency of of nasal breathing it wasn't hard for me um to nasal breathe actually it, it doesn't feel nice to mouth breathe anymore once yeah. you've made that once you've made that switch yeah yeah that's good how long have you been nasal breathing by the way uh like and, sort oh, sorry of, more specifically like, running nasal breathing running with uh so i did my first marathon last october and how long did i train that for i mean it's probably the first time i went tried to go out nasal breathing was probably like well it was pre-covid so that's yeah, three, maybe four years ago. And I ran about 50 meters and then was just like, I couldn't do it. I just snot pouring out of my face. Like my nose was <laughs> yeah. just not working how it was yeah. supposed to. Um, so it wasn't easy for me when I started because yeah, sure. I'd obviously not been doing it and therefore the nose had become, um, yeah, dysfunctional, you know. Yeah. It, it needed retraining. So then how long, I guess that that takes it doesn't sound like it takes too long for the nose to then adjust to the nasal breathing whilst running. Yeah. Cause I mean, 2019, could we say to, yeah, to so the night, yeah. last year, I mean, yeah, a, people, a marathon that's, yeah. Pe a lot of people won't, impressive. don't, don't want to sort of go, Oh God, two years until or however long it is. But the, the typical guidelines are around six to 12 weeks. You, you start to, um, you, you start to have those adaptations, the, the benefits of nasal breathing, those adaptations, so rather than feeling like harder to nasal breathe, it's like, okay, not only am I now able to nasal breathe, but I'm running, it actually feels better to do it. Now, I've had clients that it's, it happens, you know, an awful lot faster than that. It depends where people are at, and it depends where, what intensity you're going to be running at, your previous fitness, um, and, then, and then actually like how, how good or how dysfunctional your breathing was before that as yeah, well sure. like what's the mechanics yeah. of your breathing like mm. um you know you can you can breathe in and out through your nose but you can do it in a very <laughs> sort of stressful way or you can breathe really yeah. nicely in and out through your nose, or you can you know you can breathe in and out through your nose and it still be an upper chest vertical breath mm. or you can be breathing lower down it with the diaphragm into the lower portions of the ribcage which is going to be better so it's it's not it's not just uh using your nose or not I think there's some there's some intricacies within that um, 
that none of it's none of it's complicated like this very simplest bit if people want to get started is like keep your mouth closed when you're running um but keep the jaw relaxed and the teeth not touching so that you don't really like clenching and, and straining um and let the nose dictate the pace so what can you manage in and out through the nose like run at that pace um and you know if you're into into this like make a note of what that pace is and what your heart rate is like at that point if you've got like a, a watch that you run with um and you'll be amazed to see how that changes over just a few sessions and just a few weeks of your your heart rate coming down even your how much quickly you recover how nice it feels you don't feel stressed you're not like out of breath when you finish because you've maintained control um of your breath and your you know you're you're supplying oxygen well to the tissues and and dealing and, and utilizing the carbon dioxide that gets created a lot of it is just changing your your tolerance or sensitivity to that yes. carbon dioxide yeah. buildup and then it starts to become your friend rather than the exactly. enemy that's, that's making you yeah, lose your breath when you think about everything you went through and you think about potentially something else in the future that's just as rigorous intense long what's your mindset around that how would you go into it differently what would be your approach this time round? yeah um that's a good question i, I mean i would uh, having said how un how sort of i felt like i disrespected the and not done enough you know i thought you, you 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 don't you only know what you know so like you know i genuinely you know i'd gone and wrecked a little bits of it and i thought i'd you know i, I thought i knew what i was getting myself in for but but I wasn't. Um, so it would be it would be all about the the preparation of just ensuring I'd done done enough homework to know the um, exactly what um, what is going to be entailed. A, a good example of this was um, the Dragon's Back is uh, deemed to, is another one in in Wales. It's you run down the whole spine of of Wales from North Wales to South Wales. Uh, across the highest mountains um in wales it's over six days um so it's twice as it's twice as long and it's twice the elevation of what i did um, and it's actually what inspired me originally we watched a, a documentary of it um and i was like wow that's like just yeah it was just in awe of it um, but i was like but that is just ridiculous like i'm not signing i can't that, that, you know that was that would be like complete so we, we found it was like, oh, and then there's one in, in Anglesey where my sister lives and like, oh, right, we love Anglesey and we run around, oh, okay, well, so we so signed up for that. Um, the person that won the Dragon's Back this year, last year, it was the first time he'd done it, but last year he went and uh, marshaled on it. And he said he, he marshaled on it, volunteered to be a marshal so he could see what everyone was going through, he wanted to get a feel for the event and what it is about and what does it entail and i thought okay that's that's clever and that's good preparation you know, he'd obviously done lots of his training and preparation of that but it's that type of thing in knowing knowing what is going on like where all the checkpoints are what the route is like how much time you've got between all these different yeah the the i definitely would be taking my preparation and homework far more seriously even though i thought i'd done i thought i'd done a good job on it, it was yeah. like that was a yeah, a big, big, big learning, big, big, big learning experience for me, for yeah. sure. I know you've got to head off. I've got one last question for you. Tell us about the documentary. Oh, that's not a question. Tell us about the documentary. Um, <laughs> Between yeah. breaths. Um, 
So, I mean, before the event, we put out um, this little trailer put together, sort of saying the sort of backstory of it. So um, it being titled Between Breaths. Um, I've not seen any of the footage yet. It's still um, being being edited. So um, we haven't got a um, a release date for it yet. But seeing as though it's the beginning of October now, um, potentially November hopefully certainly be before the end of before the end of the year so hopefully oh, wow. um, hopefully something uh, something to share and uh, yeah uh, next week uh, next next month um, and the plan is a little bit there isn't a, a, a detailed plan yet but the plan is to do um, a little bit of a gathering f- for people in the UK to um, do a bit of a, a like host people to do we'll watch the we'll watch the documentary but then also do a little bit of a breathwork session or breath training session um together and sort of just yeah just get people together and connect and just make a little thing of the let's call it a premiere potentially yeah but, exactly. uh, details for, yeah the details for that will be uh, uh be released when we know what they actually what the <laughs> logistics what of that's going to sure. be like <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah. well, I'm looking forward to it because I, you know, I devoured your posts. So I want to know more and there's so much more I could ask you. But um, until next time, we'll leave it there. Jacko, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. That was Jacko. There were so many more questions I could have asked. But what was said, I hope was enough to make you, if not look at your experiences a little differently, become present in the experiences that you do have and share it with close friends or family or a support network that has an appreciation for you and what you do and vice versa. How can your next experience be about supporting someone else in their journey, in their challenge, whatever it might be? Make sure you are following Jacko on Instagram. That's jacko.david.jackson to follow along on his journey, his teachings of oxygen advantage and nasal breathing and of course the release of the documentary between breaths if you loved this episode i would really appreciate you sharing with your friends leave us a review because that helps this podcast grow further and reach people who are just like you who want to hear these amazing stories as well Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Have the best day, week, month and year. And here's to a world of bodies built better.